the culture, hip hop and contemporary art in the 21st century. Now you're probably saying, Boogie, why you got such a nice title like that? So the culture of hip hop and contemporary art in the 21st century is an exhibition that is in collaboration with the St. Louis Art Museum and the Baltimore Museum of Art. If hip hop is your thing, or even if it's not. I think it'd be hard to find anybody that's not influenced by hip hop. Almost like a, if you know, you know. Join the big dog Boogie D and Andrea Purnell on the podcast about the culture of hip hop and the contemporary art in the 21st century. That's Art Podcast. Join us look forward to this evening's conversation and thank Kazi Society for curating the conversation featuring a great day in St. Louis artist Adrian Octavius Walker, exhibition advisory group member Kenya Vaughn, and music industry veteran Boogie D, experienced radio and music industry expert with over 15 years of progressive management and leadership experience and programming urban radio stations across the country and also recently named as the top radio program director from Radio Inc. Thank you. First of all, I would like to say hi to the audience. Give yourself a round of applause for coming out tonight. Um, before we get started, I do want to say the fact that we're sitting here in the St. Louis Art Museum talking about the art that has inspired hip-hop to me is very inspiring and monumental because I make my living in hip-hop. And to be sitting here to talk about something that has provided for my family uh, more ways than I can tell you the blessings, just the fact that hip-hop has been around for so long, but it's being recognized the way it has been this, this last year for the 50 years is amazing. But for the St. Louis Art Museum and, and also in Baltimore to put together this expedition, which is phenomenal, by the way, because it is about the art that is inspired by the culture and the music, we got to give a round of applause for that, please. So, Adrian Octavius Walker, uh, from the STL, from St. Louis, now in Chicago. Um, you have a photograph that you, that you created. It's a recreation of, of a photograph that was done back in the day for jazz museums back in Harlem. It's called a great day in Harlem, great day in Brooklyn, great day in New York. That's at the time when all the jazz museums, musicians came together and they took a very iconic photo. I'm sure most of you guys, and I hope you have, have seen this photo. Um, so the, the Great Day in St. Louis photograph is kind of a homage to that. Mm -hmm. tell, me how that tell me who came up with the idea. Yeah, so uh, I had, uh, was approached by Ricky Bird, a good friend of mine, who you know, helped put this uh, thing all together. And we just kind of had a back and forth about the whole idea and what I could do. And uh, I was really inspired by uh, you know, Gordon Parks with a great day of hip hop that was uh, taken in 1998. And then, you know, he paid homage to Art Kane, who took the great day of jazz, uh, a great day in Harlem of all the jazz musicians mm -hmm. in 1958. And uh, just, I actually see that photo, uh, Art Kane's photo, a lot at this movie theater close to my house. And um, I just thought, like, what it would be like to possibly get everybody together um, to do a great day in St. Louis. And so we had a chat about it, and I needed help, obviously, to get all these people together. So I tapped in with a good homie of mine, Mastermind, um, who is really, really tapped into the city, along with Tef Poe, Corey Black, and C-Note, uh, another like young, up-and-coming 
artist, you know, she's just like, just really tapped in. She works a lot with Smino. And so I needed like uh, an army because I don't live here anymore. What do you live in now? I live in Chicago, Illinois. Okay, you're in the Chi-Town. Yep. Are you a Cubs fan? You're a White Sox fan? You still repping the Cardinals? I, I always rock Cardinal hat. Yeah, that was the right yeah. thing to say in St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't even watch I didn't baseball. want to catch you slipping. Nah, 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 nah. I can't, I can't even do it. Um, but yeah, so I tapped in with Mastermind and everybody. And um, it pretty much just kind of came together. You know, we tried to tap in with everybody, um, but impossible. The photo's much. on display here. Yeah. So give us some of the, the people that are in this photo. Yeah, so Black Spade, like I said, Tef Poe, uh, Kiwan was in it. Uh, Kiwan's from the St. Lunatics. Correct. Was that the only St. Lunatic you it was could the get? only St. Lunatic. We tried to get him. We yeah, they're not on him. good terms. Not all of them are. Happy yeah. with each other right couldn't now. Couldn't even do it, but <laughs> needed you to. No, I couldn't help you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, tried to get Smino, of course. He's super busy. Uh, we had Shorty. Shorty was in it. That was really great to have Shorty because, like, you know, he's just to see him grow and see where he is now was really, really amazing. Uh, DJ Nico Marie, uh, my boy Ricky, he was in it. Okay. Um, Stasi, she was busy doing stuff. Shiraz, she was busy. Somewhere else. So you just gonna shoot shots. I'm just shooting shots track. right now because we don't have to do we it all. We don't want to do that though. <laughs> were, there, were there any people that that you really wanted to get in the photo? I really wanted to get in touch with. Yeah, I really wanted to get Smino in it. Like Smino's sure. like what if people do not know? Smino is like one of the uh, St. Louis artists right now that is really big in the music scene, uh, really carrying the St. Louis flag for what I would call hip hop. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there's a difference between what we call hip-hop and we call rap music. Right. I'm going to say Sexy Red is rap music. I'm going to say Smino is hip-hop. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, we can talk about that later. Um, so I think Smino is an artist that St. Louis can be very, very much proud of and all the things that he's doing and how he's been moving around the country. Yeah. It, it, no, just not here in the States, but internationally, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I definitely wanted to get Smino. I mean, I wanted to get, like I said, all the St. Lunatics, of course. Uh, I think, it is, does he still go by Pretty Willie? Everybody Willie Moore Jr. Willie yeah. Moore Jr. He's a big time uh, national gospel yeah. host now on the radio. Yeah, definitely wanted to get him. I pretty much just tap in with all like the you, folks. You had that, Ronnie Notch. Yeah, and my Let's brother talk Ronnie, about Notch. Ronnie Notch. Yeah. For a second. I, I should have definitely said that. So I had my bro Ronnie Notch, who's definitely close, and I hit him up early on uh -huh. to be a part of this because yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie is just huge. Ronnie owe me money, so next time you see Ronnie Notch, <laughs> tell him Boogie wants money. <laughs> Yeah, Ronnie, like having him in the photo was huge because he's like definitely paid the way for a lot of artists here. It's like very low key and a lot of folks just kind of, I feel like he doesn't like really actually receive the flowers that he okay, actually Okay, so needs, we have to, we have to kind of make sure everybody know who we're talking about. Okay. So Ronnie Notch, producer mm -hmm. from St. Louis, and that's, now everybody's in here is from the 314 and I believe everybody's probably listening to Hot 104.1 at some point on 100.3 to beat. So there was a record that came out, I say almost about 10 years ago, Kenya. Mm -hmm. A little more than that. About a little more than that. It was by mm -hmm. an artist by the name of Hakeem the Dream. Yeah. Thick With It. Y'all remember Thick With It? Y'all remember that song? Y'all remember Thick? Ronnie Notch produced that song. So Ronnie Notch is a producer in St. Louis and still owes me money, but you had him in the photo. <laughs> so. Yeah, we have Ronnie Notch in it. Um, who else? Like I said, one of my favorite artists in St. Louis is Black Spade. You know, like okay. Black Spade. Definitely having him in the photo because it's like for real, like the soul. Like back 
uh, what was that, 10 years ago? Like May Monarchs. Maybe a little more. Yeah, when we were like p putting on shows, I used to put on shows here with a, uh, a few college friends. Uh, Black Spade was definitely like holding us down okay. and would be a part of these I'm shows. I'm not that familiar like with that. him, so let's, start, let's talk about him. Like, what, what, where were people that know Black uh, Spade from? I mean, Gramophone. Yeah, point, Gramophone. High Point. High Point. Um, he is, oh, sorry, not to cut no, you off, but I'm, I, 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 you I'm know, low key obsessed you, with Black yeah, Spade. I feel Jenny. like he doesn't really care. Really, um, Low key? Yeah, low key. Well, not, not so low key because I've told everybody. <laughs> um, he is a hip hop artist, singer, writer, okay. producer, um, songwriter, producer. And he, I just feel like his music, like it was so ahead of the curve. Like he was so far ahead of his time that nobody could catch on. Mm -hmm. And like he, he, the way he infused jazz and, and the different sounds in his mixtape to build and destroy. And like actually he has the best, like before it's complicated was a, a status on MySpace. He had a song called She's the One where it's like, oh, well, maybe he does have feelings for me. Maybe I'm not getting played. You know, it was such a great non-love love song, right? Okay. And he he sings, he raps, and it's just like just like his flow and his like his choices as far as the beats that and the tracks. It's just like and he would his do next like level. this live beat instrumentation like during his sets. It was like the first time I've seen that. Uh, and like you said, it was like ahead of ahead of the time. You okay. Know? All right. So when people see the photo, you want to show unity with the culture. Right. Do you think you achieved that with the photograph? I believe so. And the reason why I say, uh, say that is because I shot the photo both in black and white and color, uh -huh. but decided to keep it in color. Uh, me and Andrea was definitely talking about it, and it was a beautiful conversation because it was like a strong back and forth where I kind of wanted to keep that same like trajectory going with the black and white from Arcane and Gordon Parks. But for me, sh photographing it, you're probably going to get to this, like the, where I photographed it at, at Art Hill, you know, this bright, beautiful hill, like monumental place where people just come and just be, you know, whether you're running, you're just hanging out, uh, picnic, you know, chilling here, then you're going to go over there. And it's also just at that meeting point in the city where it's just like, if you need to get something from somebody in the site central, like meet me at Art Hill. Everybody know where Art Hill is. Okay. And so Would that, you want to update the photo with Big Boss Fat, Sexy Red, maybe get Murphy Lee, a couple other ticks to show up? Would you ever say, hey, let's update this photo, you know, bring the mm -hmm. same people back, but mm -hmm. add other people in that could, maybe that could not have been there for this shoot? Right. I would love to. I mean, if that can happen, like I, I kind of said it. Um, when I was writing about it, I would love to like possibly do something like this every year, you know, where it's kind of like not treated it like it's a homecoming, you know, and this be like the staple in the place where we can be and make like it even that. larger. I like yeah. that. I like that. All right, let's give it up for Adrian with the photo. If you haven't seen it, it's on display here. Please check out the exhibit. Miss Kenya Vaughn. Hi, everybody. Now, I'm going to try to say this word. It's a big word. You okay. know, I'm not good at big words. Okay. Uh, advisory group okay. member. <laughs> I said I was going to try to say the word. Oh, no, it's fine. Okay. I know you from the Americas. Yes. You and I go back. We go way We had some back. good times and we had we, some we, bad Yes, times. we have. <laughs> We've, it's always been real. <laughs> you are definitely one of the realists. Um, how do you feel about That's Art, the Art Museum, hip-hop, 
the art inspired by hip-hop. What's your take on it? Well, honestly, hip-hop and art have been together from the very beginning. It's like uh, graffiti is one of the five pillars. We call, they call it graffiti, but it's art. It's art. And a lot of people don't recognize that, the, they, that it has been conjoined or, you know, it's just it's merged, just um, tethered in a way that they never live separately. People are just recognizing them separately. But hip-hop and art have coexisted from the get. Like, and even when you don't think about it, like, um, like Yo MTV Raps, I'm aging myself, Fab Five Freddy, the first host of Yo MTV Raps, he's actually a visual artist. People don't know that he's five, Fab Five crew, he ran with Basquiat, um, Lee, um, Kenyon, what, uh, is it Jorge? I think it's Jorge Quinones, but he went by Lee. But it's always been a part of, and hip hop in its own, like the music and the, the culture of it is art in itself, like the swag of hip-hop is art. With, with no visual representation, as you being a representative of hip-hop and the way you present yourself, that is an art form in itself. Well, speaking about Fab Five Freddy, just to give a little context, um, Fab Five Freddy was big in the graffiti art scene in New York, also running around the clubs back in the day. There's a movie that came out called Wild Style. Wild Style is credited as really the first hip-hop movie, and that movie is about graffiti artists, breakdancing, uh, DJing, MCing. So that is like the, the pioneer movie in Fab Five Freddy's and that. Fab Five Freddy also got through it running around New York. Blondie, who was a big, at that time, big pop artist, um, to really do a rap song called Rapture. Rapture, And yeah. he was in the video. And she name-dropped him, and um, yeah. Basquiat was the guy spinning on the table in the video because uh, Grandmaster Flash didn't show up. So it was like, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, he, I mean, he was one of the influence, one of the group of people who let people know, like we, there's a phrase a lot of people use, ghetto until proven fashionable. Now maybe it's like ratchet until proven refined, right? But art has always been at the forefront, whether people in the art community recognize it or not, we recognized it for what it was. Well, it's always been a part of the culture because graffiti artists was using, you know, trains back then in sides of buildings to try to express themselves. At first, people just thought it was, you know, defacing stuff. Now, if you go to New York City and certain parts of Chicago, graffiti artists are being licensed to do buildings and, and artwork. Like, I was just back home in New York this past summer and driving around, I see a mural of an old dirty bastard. I'm like, yo, there's Tribe Called Quest, it's big. And these are in places that normally people would never had art. So I, it's happy to see that hip hop has evolved so much, not just out of the inner city into the culture of the world. And artists now can be a part of this, accepted. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's not shunned away of anything like that. And I think that's great. And one of the things I love about this exhibit here is because all the art that you see inside this exhibit is how artists, such as yourself, with photographs, and other artists, how the music has inspired them. How the music that they listen to, whatever, how they consume it. Doesn't matter whatever it is, doesn't matter what style it is, because the reality is hip-hop is many different things. You have people that's gonna love Sexy Red, you have people that's gonna hate Sexy Red. You're gonna have love people that's gonna love Smino, the people that's not gonna love Smino. That's what makes it great. There's, there's something for everybody. You don't have to listen to the radio and say that's all there is. We don't even need the radio sometimes, and I do radio. What you have is you have an entire world that is giving you so much music 
in, in Austin, what's the word? Artistry, trying to get that out there, big word for Boogie, um, that now I feel like hip hop is way bigger than just one thing. It's bigger than just one artist. Mm -hmm. And I think when you check out this exhibit, and please, if you have not done so, please check it out before it leaves here, you're gonna see artists' interpretations of music, fashion, culture, everything, and it's like some of the pieces are so amazing to me. So, you know, shout out to Fat Five Freddy for starting that, you know. So I want to ask you a question, Adrian, because you are an artist in your own right. Mm -hmm. You take photographs. You have an artist's eye. I think anybody that takes photos for a living, you have to have an artist's eye so I can see you an artist. What got you to say, I want to use my love of hip-hop through photographs. I mean, I would base it off music alone. Give me your favorite artist. My favorite artist? Favorite artist of all time. The all time? Like, yeah. Everybody can ask that question. But it's, I'd just say Kendrick Lamar. Okay, Kendrick. Yeah, good choice. I relate to Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Mm -hmm. What about Kendrick? Uh, I mean, he's a Gemini. I'm a Gemini. Okay. Uh, uh, Gemini? <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I mean, just his music for me, I, like, really relate to it a lot. You know, like, the storytelling, you know, um, kind of, like, where he once was as far as, like, starting off, like, with Top Dog, TDE, like, as young, like, very, very young, and just kind of, like, being able to, like, really follow an artist, you know, like, I wasn't able to like follow Ice Cube. Like I listened to Ice Cube because my big brother put me on Ice Cube, but I wasn't like following. I wasn't. So Kendrick is but for Kendrick you, is, like, your brother's cube. Correct. Okay, so, yeah. when you, so when you're shooting photographs, mm -hmm. do you have Kendrick lyrics running through your mind or Kendrick songs? Uh, I've had a song or two. What's that song? Mama. Okay. Yeah. Why um, that song in particular? Because he said, I know if I'm generous at heart, I don't need recognition. The way I'm rewarded, well, that's God's decision. Okay. And for me, just thinking about, like, just that alone, you know what I'm saying? Like, just being generous at what I do and what I've been doing my whole life as an individual, as a father, as a husband, as a friend, brother, whatever, uh, uncle. It's just kind of like just being generous through it all and, like, you know, I'm doing my part. You know, I don't need recognition from nobody else or nothing, you know what I'm saying, to say that, you know, it's like a reward, you're doing good. It's like kind of like I just, I know, I feel it, because I'm doing it by these people that love me most, you know. So that's kind of like one of the things that like just stick, that sticks with me at now, all times. Now, Kenya, same question for you. What, what artist group got I, you? I don't have to pick. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. You really gonna do this? I'm I'm gonna you do know it. We no, podcasting right there, now, right? Well, I understand it, but there's so many. Here we go again. We were good. <laughs> yeah, just no. A week this, ago. this is us. We was all good um, just a week ago. There are so many. I mean, uh, well, give me one. One. Ah. Outcast. I have shirt. Well, I am wearing an Outcast shirt, but what were you gonna say? I said I have another artist too. Oh, um, good way. Think that you could say. Good say. Okay. But think that you would like to. Okay. Okay. I would say Lauren Hill. Well, I was going to say Lauren Hill. Say Lauren Hill. Yeah, I was going to say Lauren Hill. Um, <laughs> say Lauren Hill. I was. No, I was absolutely going to say Lauren Hill. Well, but I was going to say if I have to pick, 
I have to, I'll pick Lauren Hill, but there are... Great choice, by the way. Uh, um, just like, even though she only, her catalog is so small, it's like every lyric is so intentional mm -hmm. and so many things that you can take to live your life by and like even the way that she kind of rejected the mainstream in that way and just her, like just the nuggets and the words of wisdom, the mantras that are in like just obscurely placed within her, that album, like you the think about something. Album. Yeah, like the, unplugged, I mean, like yeah, the, the Unplugged, where she, I'm sure they were expecting one thing when she came to Unplugged, and she brought something totally different that was like so, I mean, it was just anti. It wasn't perfect. Yeah, it was the perfect follow-up because it was an anarch, a hip-hop anarchist moment. Mm -hmm. Like, y'all okay. have me put in this position, but I'm going to show, I'm going to give y'all life. Like, y'all want me to, but even with the miseducation of Lauren Hill, like, there are so many things that I live by, like, um, consequence is no coincidence. How you going to win when you ain't right within? You know, just different things like that. But there's a Queen Latifah who does, I don't think, gets enough flowers for the pioneering that she did. Like, she was such a pioneer, and at a moment when you think about when um, hip-hop was, at the time, it was N.W.A., it was all of this misogyny and objectification, and she came out and said, no, no. And she was, like, she spoke life to women and to, you know, just a whole different sub-genre that became the main genre. Like, you look at what she did, it changed what was popular. And it was an answer to to what we needed as women to be uplifted and to be, you know, to feel like we could take agency in who we were as women and not just what the worst thing some rappers were saying about us at the time. Okay, I like that, I like that. So Adrian, so let's talk about today. Talk about state of the culture today. What's your take on the state of hip hop, R&B, the culture right now in 2023? Well, now I feel like, because you said it's a difference between rap and hip-hop okay. earlier. What's your definition? Like, who would you put in those buckets? I, I honestly wouldn't bucket anybody. I just look at it all as music, Okay. personally. Um, just like looking at art, you know what I'm saying? Just, you can do the same thing with art, and then music, hip-hop, all of it is an art form. Um, so you basically are asking me, what do I think about it now? Yeah, what's your, what's your, what's your take on it? I think it's beautiful. I think right now we're living in a place where people are able just to do whatever they want and feel comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, there's really no filter. You know, it's like one of those things that you either choose to listen to it or not. I think we, I would say it's very, things are very accessible now. So if you do have kids, you kind of want to like, you know, pipe, pipe it down. So it's a little, it is a little scary. I would say that. Things are scary in general, period, with the internet. And that's coming from me being a photographer and being in this industry, like the stories that I read and stuff when I come across. But I feel like we are in a, a really cool state, I would say, um, with art, with hip hop, music in general. Um, because you know, it's kind of like, you, you kind of already know when you see an artist like, I guess you could say a sexy red, because um, she's like one of the hottest artists right, right, hottest artists out right now. But then it's kind of like you see the trajectory a person can be on, and then it's kind of like you know that they may fall off, or they may have those hits, and then not necessarily you won't forget, 
but it's just kind of like somebody new is going to come. You know, it's always something new. So for me, I think we are in an exciting time, you know, okay. personally. What about you, Ms. Vaughn? Well, I feel like I, I'm happy with, you know, the freedom and the accessibility and the agency that people are able to take through hip-hop right now. I just kind of wish that there was more accessible options, like we talk about Sexy Red and we think about, which, no diss, you know, but I wish that, for example, when um, Lil' Kim was out, Lauren Hill was out, right? Mm -hmm. There was always an, another, like the ebb and flow of, there was a different representation for you to gravitate towards. I feel like right now, especially for women in hip hop, that, you know, somebody like a Rhapsody, like if they were exalted more, or it's like you have to look harder for the alternative than whatever the, you know, the mainstream flavor of the day is. Dude. I don't think you got to look hard. I think, I don't think, because I mean, we got people like Cleo Soul. And Cleo Soul is like, do you know, you heard of Cleo Soul? No. Cleo Soul is today's, I wouldn't even compare her to nobody, but Cleo Soul is like, she's a healer, like ultimate healer. I think what Kenya is saying is the fact that you brought up an artist and you asked me that I know, and I said no, is mm -hmm. that I kind of agree with Kenya a little mm -hmm. bit, is that we are in certain lanes getting one note. And I don't have a problem with anybody making money or, or, or the music because I feel like hip-hop has always been about generational, this eras. You come in, you come out as you get older, as you come in. So things change. But I do believe when it comes to certain parts of hip-hop, we're kind of stuck on one note. And I kind of wish the variety would come back and into the game because I think it's necessary. I think it's needed. I think an artist like you're speaking of, we need to figure out how do we get that artist to the same forefront with a Big Boss Fat, with a Sexy Red, with a Cardi B, but with a Megan Thee Stallion, or anybody else. It's not just picking on female artists. We can talk about Lil Durk, we can talk about Lil Baby, we can talk about Drake. Because I think what we, what we're, what we want is a balance. And I think what's always made hip-hop great is a balance. Mm -hmm. You had different styles, you had what you can call lyricism, you had people that made party records, you had people that just made funny stuff. You had people that would just do stuff that you did, you know, whatever. And I think right now the internet is there, but sometimes you have to go searching for it so hard. Do you think it's because it's too much? I think. Or do you think? I, it's... I came from the era when life was three channels. Okay. Right. And now we live in a world where we got so many channels, and I don't even. But don't know you it's think that's them. beautiful, though? No. No, why not? Because, you think about you, no. To be honest with you, I think it, like to your point. I think sometimes it's like it's a buffet, right? When you go to the buffet, in reality is you got all this food, but you get the same four items, right? Every time, you always say to yourself, "I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that." But when you get there, you get the same four items. So sometimes varieties could be a great thing, and sometimes it could be a detriment because right now you say we got all this variety, but right now we're eating the same four items. So but, to, so but to as that a, point, we're not, we're not experiencing but it. But thinking about that as a DJ and thinking about the different types of DJs, say, for instance, Soul Election. You heard of Soul Election before? You know I'm about to say no. Wow. <laughs> okay, so my question. That's the world you in. See, see, that's where we're going with this. Your yeah. world is you're more into to a, different, a different style of hip-hop. That's what makes the culture so good is different. There are different buckets, right? There are, yeah. So there's different buckets. But I so, feel like these buckets are, they are global, because Soul Election is a global DJ eclectic group.
they're global to a point. They're not all connected. And what we're talking about, what Kenya's talking about, I'm talking about we want to we be able to connect these buckets to the same point is we don't want it just to always be this bucket, that bucket, or that bucket. Can I say something? Go ahead. I think like. sometimes when it comes down to music or things, new things, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying this is, I'm just, I think like a certain person, it takes a certain person to really like want to gravitate towards something new. True. And I feel like when it comes down to like it's the boiler room. Boiler room is huge. Like you thinking about what's the boiler room? The boiler room is like a, a another like DJ like set. It's like a big DJ set that's they different artists. They just have like these big sets in like these rooms. So what? Is that here in St. Louis? Is that it's, Chicago? It's, it's all over the world. Okay. It's global. It's it's global. It's mm-hmm. like thinking about like one of the newest DJs. Her name is. Uh, uh, Uncle Waffles, uh-huh. and she just like she, two thousand during the pandemic. That's when she got like she started. She t- taught herself how to DJ, and she got huge. And now she's like this huge international DJ. So and is she playing Afro beats? Yes, exactly. Reggae. Yeah, she playing a lot of that stuff. House music, mm-hmm. hip hop, traditional, play- commercial, underground. She's playing like mostly like a lot of like. I would say house EDM. electronic and like stuff like that, like dance hall and stuff like that. Like, but she's not like Afrobeat, but she's not. She's. I'm pretty sure she's tapped into all that stuff. But that's like kind of like what she's playing. You know what I'm saying? But but, we're, but what we're talking about is, and I agree with you. But it's it goes back to saying when you have so much variety on that buffet, right? You seem like a person that's willing to try everything. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Most people they gonna eat what they know. So what Kenya is saying is that right now most people are stuck in this one lane and we're trying to figure out how do, we, how do we get some of that variety back. Because when you look at how hip-hop evolved, mm-hmm. the hip-hop evolved from basically taking R&B records and disco records and a DJ looping a beat and then a couple of guys were coming making party chants. That's how the MC started. It wasn't even rapping. It was more like to hype up the party. The DJ was the star. These guys just hyped to hype the DJ, and then what happened was somebody said, whoa, we can make some money off this, right? And once people started to figure out how to make the money, they became emceeing, and then the DJ kind of went to the background. And then when, no disrespect, corporate America got in, they figured it out, right? So now what we're saying is we're happy that all this money is in there, but we lost a lot of the variety to the public. And to your point, you're saying it's there, and I agree with you, but it's sometimes no, it makes it a little harder for people to go search for it. Because if you look at where we're at today, if you go to certain, certain cities, and you will get a little bit of a more variety, especially if they have a larger international community, because then you have to serve them with Afro beats. You have to serve them with reggae. You have to serve them with, with house. Because right now, you're in Chicago. Chicago is a big, always been a big house type of market. It's a big Afro beat market, right? So you're gonna, you're gonna, your bucket has expanded because of the city that you're in. And, and that's the same thing St. Louis is starting to grow in that bucket too. Same thing as I'm in Kansas City. That bucket is starting to grow because we want to get back to what Kenya said. I want to get back to what we can have on the radio a sexy red and an artist like you were talking about getting played in the same type of rotation. Well, and that was my point. Like in the beginning, like you think about when hip hop radio, when commercial, like you had like, Two of the first big hits were um, Rapper's Delight and The Message. Two totally different things, but they let you know what hip-hop's capacity was. It was, 
you know, you, have, you can have fun, but then you can also speak to the conditions of society. And both of them had their own audience. And they were presented, not like, okay, you have to go look and find it. Yeah. I, I love the things that you're bringing up. I oh, want, absolutely. I want, you to, I want you to really tell us where to find. I want to hear these DJs. I want to hear these artists because that's what keeps the culture alive. Mm -hmm. We're celebrating 50 years, but to get to another 50, we got to keep growing. Mm -hmm. We got to keep expanding. But that's what I'm saying. It yeah. is growing. That's, 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 that's the disconnect where it's just like, why isn't it not growing just because a certain group or genre or people aren't hearing it? And it's like, you got you to gotta want to hear it. You, you have to want to hear this stuff. Like, I think that's the problem where people like literally hear something, they stop. Even thinking about like these interviews or whatever from I see from like artists, I guess I'll say Joe Budden. Joe Budden. Are you saying podcast? Huh? Are you talking about Joe Budden's podcast? I'm just talking about him, period. Okay, you want okay, okay. I'm talking about him, all period. Right, all right, okay. Oh, let me, let me as an individual. Where are we going with this one? Okay. I mean, I, I'm I you know, I was once a Joe Budden fan. Was a Joe Budden fan. Yeah. Okay. But then now it's just like to see like a person of his caliber and the things that he says about certain artists, it just doesn't sit well with me. You know what I'm saying? It's just weird. It's like... Are you saying that Joe on his platform is helping not to expand the culture or... He just be saying some stuff that I feel like that throws it as like a lot of artists aren't worth listening to. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just kind of like where it's just like it's just, it's whack, and then it's not good, or, and that's a, that's, everybody has a valid opinion, but uh -huh. I'm just saying where it's just kind of like, then you get people like the Ice Cubes, and they saying, like, music ain't the same anymore, things need to change, and stuff like that, but then you got people like Snoop that saw something within Kendrick, and it's like, I guess, crown him the king of L.A., or whatever, like, the new king of L.A., and it's just like, I don't think that people need these big like you're the king or you're this and then just be good you know what I'm saying and then that expands it from there you know what I'm saying Semino changed the sound he, his sound is insane and a lot of older hip-hop music musicians are like now looking at this dude this is like damn this is really different and he did the same thing they did went to church was in church played jazz he plays his drums he knows music you know what I'm saying? Like these, Tyler the Creator, the biggest influence right now, I would say. Tyler the Creator, I would, I would go back. He's my favorite artist because Tyler went from being this super duper weird ASS dude. I don't know if I, I got kids in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, worshiping the devil, blah, 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 saying all this. But now he's like, got DJ Drama making an album with him. Come on. That's huge. So if DJ Drama know who Tyler the Creator is, I know who everybody else knows any of these other cats that's coming up right now. Okay. All right. Well, you know, this is a good conversation because that's what this is all about. That's art. What we're talking about is the culture. The exhibit is all about what has inspired everybody in the culture of hip-hop. Um, I, I think we're all really agreeing on the same note is we want to make sure that not only the culture evolves and builds, but everybody gets the shine. Everybody gets the look. Everybody feels they're a part of it. And it's not about, I don't know or do not know. I do want to know. 
So for you, Kenya, where, where you, where, what are you listening to right now? When you leave here tonight, what are you going to listen to? When I leave here tonight, what am I going to listen to? Um, I'm, I'm not really, I'm actually not listening to much. Um, you just do blew you, this whole Do you out. want to? Or like, okay, let me, can I ask a question? Why aren't you listening to well, anything? Well, like, I, um, I just, I've gotten in the habit of listening to the same thing over and over again, and that's just my life right now. Okay, what is that? Give but it's, it's R&B, it's not, um, it's not hip-hop. The last time... R&B is a part of hip-hop. Well, yeah, it's like smooth R&B, and I know we're talking about hip-hop, and this is a hip-hop podcast. Um, <laughs> what I... <laughs> which is why I'm like, I am listening to... The last, I'm going to tell you, the last whole hip-hop album that I felt like had, to me, had absolutely no skips was Rhapsody. Nina, I thought that was a great, so that's the most recent, I listened to that yeah. again, actually before this um, podcast, just so I could remember, I was like, was this as far as I remember? And I was like, yeah, it was. So, okay, all right. That's basically You listen to Rhapsody because she reminds you of... Queen Latifah. Exactly. And so I think that we, we, we have a pattern going on. Yes. It's like a lot of folk tend to try to listen or hear something that reminds them of something else. Would you say that's just the, the trajectory of what and how you want to like just move forward with music? No, it is, and I'll, I'll say one thing, I am listening to a lot of um, Afro beats right now, which is not a part of the hip-hop podcast, but it's what that it is. is. Well, of, I mean, yeah, it is, though. it is, but like, um, I guess a couple of years ago, like when I was, got hip to Burner Boy and Wizkid, and I was like, oh, this is what's yeah, cause, next. because Wizkid made one of the most popular songs. Yeah, but th this was even like before mm -hmm. he was like, super popular but it's just like it just shows you know the power of it and how it went it started from us you know and it's like it connected the you know african and african-american culture in a way it's like it was a way of bringing us back together hip-hop was okay well one of the things i like to do is uh open this up to the audience and if anybody has any questions uh do we have a, a microphone in the back or we can, do you have a question uh Oh, we got a... Hello. 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 Okay, so basically on the same thing that you all were talking about, as far as like the old school and the old generation of hip-hop, as far as like BDP, Public Enemy, you know what I mean, Special Ed, how would you all think that they would be intertwined with the people of today? As uh, far as they rapping, and you know what I'm saying, would it, what difference would you think that it would be, like, you know, as far as you say, we, we're on this side, most, you know, we're basically going on this side, like, with the sexy red, and we're still in this category, but to put more in the mix of, like, the old school and the positive more rappers and the old, you know what I mean? That, that's a great question, because this year, because of the anniversary of hip-hop, there's been a lot more artists that from a special ed to a Chuck D to everybody you're talking about, they've been more interacting with today's artists. And that's kind of unfortunately been kind of a closed door. And that door has been wide open. So you are getting artists of today 
talking to some of the pioneers. You're, you're, so I think we may see a sort of a little bit of a shift as we move forward and because, you know, Buster Rhymes and Corey LaRae's is, is talking and like you said, special ed is coming back out and a lot of these younger artists are tapping back in with some of the older artists and they're talking and they're talking about the history of the game because sometimes it's like if you talk to and I've you know, been around a couple of athletes that play professional sports and it'd be very hard to find out. They don't know who Luke Brock is. They don't know what certain athletes even did like to create free agency. Like who created free agency? They have no clue. They don't even have a history of the players before them. So sometimes when you talk to some artists of today, they have no history because hip-hop's been around for 50 years. So you'd be like, you don't know nothing about Karis One? They're like, that's my daddy music. So they, they don't even know. But then they'll go back and like, oh, Chris is dope. Let me, let me go talk to Chris, right? And Chris is like, I've been waiting to talk to you. So it, it's, it's kind of like the gap has been bridged, I think, because of this anniversary, it's been great because so many artists that haven't even got a major look on podcasting and concerts have been doing shows with these artists. You know, Lil Wayne, Run DMC, same stage, never happened before. So now you're bridging that gap. That's, well, my, that's my take on it. Well, I wanted to say, like, you can still see, like, in some artists, like, um, like you talk about KRS-One, like, you can hear that same storytelling in Kendrick Lamar. Like, you can feel it. You can see it. Like, there, even though, like, there is, there has been a disconnect, but I do feel like you can see the DNA of what they started in the artists that are really studying the craft. You want me to say something? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I honestly, it's so hard, man. Like, being in this, like, being an artist and seeing, like, a, and just seeing a lot of folks just talk down on what's new today. I, I promise I really don't care for what a lot of older artists would say about new artists, especially women artists, because I just really think that they don't have any rights to say anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think about a lot of folk like Luke, or whatever, Luke talking, Luke talking trash about. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's 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 put this in context. Okay. Because I, I think I don't want people to misinterpret what you're saying. Okay. There has been, just so we clear, there have been a couple of older artists that have talked about the current state of female rappers and what they're talking about and telling them they need to chill and stop. And you're right, considering some of the stuff in their lyrics, they don't have a right to say that. But I think what she was asking is, how do you get artists? with artists that together to talk about just the history of it, to get together, and I understand what you're saying, that I, I don't agree with that either. I don't think any male hip-hop artist, especially coming back out from the 80s and 90s, of even 2000s, should have a right to say, I think city girls should go away. City girls are city girls. And I think the city girls deserve their lane, Sexy Red deserves her lane, I think Rhapsody deserves her lane too. I think the conversation is to say, well, Snoop, did you learn something? Because back then, you were, your lyrics were very much anti-women, anti violence towards women. Even in your videos, if you go back and watch nothing but a G thing, there's things in that video now that wouldn't play today. Right. So I think to the point is that sometimes what these artists should say is we evolve instead of just coming out on a platform and you hearing a sound bite. And maybe that should be the starting point to say, well, we messed up too. 
and let's go sit down and talk, my queen. But also, versus it, talking down to him. Yeah, but also too, it needs to be a person like yourself in these places that can actually have these conversations with both people because folks just don't understand. It's just like that's what I was talking about with Joe Budden. You know, you kind of roll with yes men. You're going to be around. You're going to be a yes man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's just kind of like all these people in your ear, you need more people. You know what I'm saying? You need a person there that's going to kind of revert things and like kind of be like, uh, actually, you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like folks need to hear that more versus just kind of like letting people just keep going with things. And I think that's what's going to stop things is like kind of like bridging the gap truly and having somebody that like, person like yourself, because it seems well, I like that, but you. I, look, I run with 50 Cent and ain't nobody grew up more than 50, and 50 was, I, I've known 50 since before he was even in the rap game, mm -hmm. and he's a completely different person. So he evolved, yeah. and, and I think what you gotta do is, people like him have to speak, have to start talking more about how they evolve. Exactly. And sometimes they don't, right. and that's the problem, right. is that you, sometimes they get in closed rooms and then they'll put all this knowledge out. And it's like, nah, you need to say that. And I will tell you, because we talked about Busta Rhymes. Um, Busta is very much on talking to today's hip-hop artists, wanting to be around today's hip-hop artists, because he wants to be a teacher. He wants to be a scholar. And he wants to see the genre continue. He's not, he's not here to talk down to anybody. He's here to say, you can always start out this way and grow into this. Mm -hmm. and, and, and part of that's the conversation. Mm -hmm. We got another question? I can wait. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right. Um, first off, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been amazing. Um, it's made my heart skip so many beats. It's incredible. But what I was going to ask you guys is, do you feel that far as the type of music that's coming out right now, right? I heard you speaking about history up there. And I'm just speaking from my personal experience. Like, I grew up in a hip-hop household, but it was hip-hop to an extent. It wasn't really you no know, tribe called Quest. It wasn't no De La Soul. It wasn't no. It wasn't any native tongues. It was more of like Ice Cube, Ice T, different things like that. It was not until I got into turntablism where I actually did the history and learned where turntablism, how turntablism was created, the different sounds that was created through turntablism, and it made me actually dive into this deep hole of native tongues and Stone's Throw, Dilla, Mad Lib, all that type of music that will go over lot of people's heads until I play it out and they're like oh what's this you know it's like no this is 20 30 years old you know what I'm saying so I say that to say this do you feel that um the just the history itself not being taught to the youth because the youth is the future anyway and the youth are the ones that are coming up rapping and doing different things right now if they are not given this history and this information I feel like the only thing that they're going to be given is what they're seeing social media internet digital world digital age you know, so I just wanted to know, like, your input and your perspective on that particular, you know, well, that topic. First, first I want to say that uh, Dilla, I use Dilla instrumentals on my radio show. My talk bands are Dilla, so rest in peace to Dilla um, for that. But I think, just to answer your question is, it's going back to what Adrian said. I think that we have to connect all the dots, and you have to kind of put everybody in the same position. You have to kind of open their eyes to it. Um, so it is up to us, but it is up to, honestly, it's up to the culture of the artists that have made all this money and made this living to come out the big houses mm -hmm. 
and to come down and, and really start to talk to today's artists because they got to they got to get them to make the music, and it could be a wide variety. Mm -hmm. You can have your city girl, whatever rap. You can have your you know whatever artist rap, but then you want to be able to say, can you make another song? And I think some artists of today's caliber, and I've been around them, sometimes they don't want to listen. They out just for the bag, and they don't really care. And they're like, well, this is what sells, and this is what I'm going to do. Sometimes it's them. It ain't always the older cats. Sometimes the young cats is just, I ain't really trying to hear that. But I think that what's happened in the last couple of years with so many current artists, unfortunately, losing their lives, some of them start to realize, yo, what we talking about isn't music. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, were you, I want to say that I think that, um, I think that's part of the reason why this exhibition is so important. Uh, what were you, oh. um, this exhibition is so important because it gives you a, a taste of not, you know, the full history, but it gives you a taste and, you know, context on what hip-hop is, what it has been, and what it can be. And through visual arts, it kind of takes you on a journey of what hip-hop is capable of and what, how hip-hop can inspire people as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, um, I think, like, Going back to saying, going back, I can't really answer your question, but, but just thinking about just a person, like you just said, Jay Dilla. A lot of folk don't know that a current artist today, Boley James, has Jay Dilla's estate right now. Like, he was gifted beats, Jay Dilla beats. And, you know, he's, from, he's in Detroit, too, another young artist mm -hmm. that a lot of people probably haven't heard. Of and stuff like that. So that's why I'm saying like the stuff is kind of resurfacing. It's just kind of like you have to want to like know who these people are to like hear it, you know, because that's that's huge for artists like that. That's new. A part of like Griselda. I know you know Griselda. Yeah. So like, you know, Bowley James runs with them and he landed on the estate of Jay Dilla Beats, you know, and he's young. And so like to think about that, that's something that should be known. You know what I'm saying? I will I say this. Like... I think that in this past year, uh, mainstream media, and I'm not from radio to documentaries on Showtime, HBO, every platform has been tapping into the history of hip hop. And I think that's great because now I think, to his point, there's lights being shown on certain artists that people forgot about, certain genres about graffiti, dancing, the art of photographs, the art of fashion, all that's starting to come back into a conversation. The fact that Biz Marquis got a documentary on Showtime blew my mind. Mm -hmm. Like, Biz Marquis, for most people, probably don't, they like, he got one record. No, mm -hmm. Biz was instrumental in a lot of things, more than just just a friend, but to get a documentary is like, we need more of these. We need, we need to be able to go back so I can show my son like, yo, this is, this is, first of all, his entire life is built off of hip-hop. He don't even know that. Everything we got is because of this. Everything. If it wasn't for this, we wouldn't be sitting here. So I have to make sure he understand and respect it because it's like, son, you eat because of this. Mm -hmm. I eat because of this. And he, it just, it's not one note. But when he's in my house, we hear everything. 
Right. You're going to hear Run DMC. You're going to hear Rock Him. You're going to hear Sexy Red. But because, like you said, that's me. But to your point, I got to tap back into the artists coming up because sometimes I'm an old head. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick in my lane. But that's also, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that because sometimes to homie's point, uh, you, I think you got you to gotta read the room, man. When you out and you're like having a vibe, I, I don't honestly, I don't want to hear certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's no disrespect to anybody, but it's just kind of like thinking about like the super duper hip hop stuff. If you're in a space, <laughs> you want to hear something. Like if you're eating, and you go into a place and you're hearing something that's like going up your head. It's just like throwing off like the actual vibe or whatever. So it's just kind of like I think sometimes people do that just to put it on you, like throw it on you, and it's just like you don't even understand like what mood certain people are in. You know what I'm saying? When it comes down to like music space and like the timing of something, you I know what I'm you. saying? I got you. We have another question. So I just want to say thank you all for this panel. And you touched on something, Boogie, and the other young man did about the scholarly value, you know, of hip hop. So you have people like Knife Wonder who teaches at Duke University and North Carolina University. And also Nas has his fellowship at Harvard. We have a lot of hip-hop artists that are in Ivy Leagues, and even when you look at the fact that Kendrick Lamar, you know, won the Pulitzer Award for music, what do you feel like is the intellectual and scholarly value of hip-hop, and do you think it does a disservice that so many major hip-hop artists and producers are in Ivy Leagues versus state schools and universities? Or HBCUs? Yeah, yes, oh. and HBCUs as well. I guess I would say the fact that they got there is shocking alone. So they were probably like, yo, I can't believe I'm here. And we sometimes think that the hood is taken care of. And we may forget, but the hood really is not taken care of. And, and so everything Adrian is saying, I agree with. We got we to gotta figure out how to get all lanes open so you don't have to do this massive search. Because the reason why we all sitting here back in the day, we didn't have to do a massive search. We didn't even have the internet. We didn't have phones. So everything came through either through that mixtape, through the radio, through the video, through your friends, through conversation, through the lifestyle. You knew what sneakers was cool because when you went to school, if you had on some British Knights in my hood, they was called Burger Kings. We ain't wearing those. You know what I'm saying? I ain't need a video to tell me everybody else like that ain't what we doing today, right? You knew that when you got a certain haircut, a certain hairstyle, we didn't need the internet to tell us. We were just living it. So we got to get back to, to back to, to his point, living life, but living life in the entire, I call it the pool. We don't have to be stuck in three feet, six, six feet. Let's all be in it. So to your point, I think that's great, but I also think they need to go back to the HBCUs, to your point, to make sure everybody's understanding what's going on. I think Beyonce was just in Kansas City, final stop to the Renaissance tour. So obviously Jay-Z was there. And it was a little flat because people feel like Hove above everybody now. And Hove don't talk to people now. Hove don't do this now. There was a lot of hate on Hove. Like, yo, we can't talk to him. You used to be. And I think for him, I would say, yo, you need, to, you need to see what people are saying. People are feeling like you out of touch. They feel like you don't made so much money. You don't, you're not even for Marcy. You don't even know what Marcy sound like. And, and to your point, if that's what the people are saying, that's how the people feel. My brother, you need to stop and turn around because 
you can teach us something because you've gotten to a certain point that you probably don't know what you get to, but people want to get there too. So talk to us. How do we get there instead of people feeling like you closed off? You were just in Kansas City, and the, and the reaction to Jay-Z was, I ain't talking about it. But Cardi B came, and we saw her everywhere, and Cardi was talking to everybody, and Cardi B was at a place called Topic Hamburgers. It was like a hamburger joint, like a White Castle for Kansas City. She out there eating hamburgers at 3 in the morning, and they out there kicking it with her. So that's what's got the air right now. It's Cardi. Hold somewhere in the plaza, hanging with Taylor Swift. Can't get to you. So my question kind of two-part. Um, my thing is, I'm a hip-hop head from Boogie Down Production to De La Soul, you know what I'm saying? And it was because of the culture and the environment that I grew up on, you know what I'm saying? I even like some house music and things of that nature. Um, so when you say that people don't want to reach out to it, it's pretty much, I feel, based on the culture and where they live and how they grew up, because that's what rap music is right now. We keep talking about Sexy Red. She's rapping about her neighborhood. We keep talking about uh, Lil' Kim and all them. They rap, and rap is a story about their neighborhood. But I feel like, and I want to ask you, do you feel like the DJs back in the day, the DJs used to play the hottest music and be like, remember Pump It or Dump It? You know what I'm saying? They play a song. If you like it, they'll keep playing it. They mm -hmm. don't do that no more. You think if you bring that back into the culture, that well, a lot of songs that, like uh, my young man in the middle, Adrian, was saying, don't nobody know about it. Well, the DJ's not playing it because most of the radio stations have become commercialized and they only go play what's hot for the community, what society's saying what's hot. Well, so, I'm going to look at it from two points because I still DJ. I think DJing is the, the, the places you DJ at, you DJ into that crowd, right? So. I'm talking about on the radio. Radio's different. Radio is always going to play what seems to be the biggest thing, the most popular thing. But there are a lot of times there's songs on the radio that play in a club that never get on the air, and that's the hottest thing. But I like underground music, so some underground music you will never hear. But because if you're a hip-hop head, you know about where to go to hear underground music. You know where to go to listen to certain things. So I think hip-hop hip -hop culture is like, it depends on who you are and what your environment is. My friend might not know about underground music, but I get hip to it, I'd be like, girl, let's go here. They having a concert. But, you, but you're making his point for him. It's right now, we got, we got commercialism and then it's everything else. And what we gotta do is, because to be honest with you, most people under the age of 30 don't even listen to the radio. They don't have to because they're consuming it like he's consuming it. They go get it where they want to get it from. And half the time, to them, to be honest with you, a song like Pound Town is old. They're like, we've been past that song. Y'all just catching up. We've been knowing about Sexy Red. Y'all just catching up. Y'all like that one song? We three songs over here. So the problem is radio is not even giving you what you want when you want it, because it's not, it's not in, I'll use this term, it's not in real time. Real time is, is that most people that are consuming music today don't care about what's on the radio, because it's old to them. So to his point, there's so many more people tapped into what's going on, and what we gotta do is get the commercial world to say, y'all gotta get tapped back in. Back to my Jay-Z point. You gotta tap back in, my brother. Because what you're doing is you, you are so much over here in your own bubble, you forgot what got you there. And part of what I want to do is make sure that we sit in here 
and another 50 years with other people talking about the culture survive, not just being in a museum because it became a fad, which they predicted to be back in 71. Because <laughs> everything has an expiration date. Any more questions? Are we we good? Well, I was I, I got something to say real quick. I think when it comes down to thinking about you just made me think about something like I don't think it should take fifty years to showcase hip hop in a or an art museum. I think it should always live in a space. You know, I think um, whatever this transpires to be after mm -hmm. it on its the, the leg of the tour. I hope and wish that it will inspire other institutions um, that this type of look of art has a home, it has a space, and not have to celebrate it. Because when you think about like the 50 years of hip hop or whatever, it's, it is it's commercial. I mean, like now that I'm thinking about it, because now you get to make clothes around it. You know what I'm saying? You get to make merch, concerts, and it's, it's a thing now, you know what I'm yes. saying? But these artists been around, you know what I'm saying? Like what, what about 45 years ago or 40 years ago and stuff like that. So I think like we kind of like look past the numbers and just like really like look into the artists and what they are and what they have been and celebrate them while we can, you know? Give so them their flowers. Right. Ms. Kenya Vaughn? Well, I just wanted, uh, were you gonna say something short, her? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. You have major producers who have been inside of Ivy Leagues for about 10 years plus right? There's an access differential, right? Where you have students who quite possibly are legacy admission people into Harvard and Duke, who are the ones who are now becoming the historians, right? Of the art form, of the craft, of the culture of hip hop. And then we have this criticism on the other hand of young hip-hop artists and children not understanding the value and the culture of hip-hop, even though people in the ivory towers of academia are the ones who are getting it because you have people like Ninth Wonder, like King Britt, who is at UCSD now, right? I mean, you have these students who are absorbing black history, black culture, and I'm curious if you all see that that's an issue, that academia, that the Ivy Leagues are finding value yeah. within this yeah. versus our state schools, our HBCUs, actually bringing in hip hop artists to do the same thing that they've been doing at Ivy Leagues. Because, I mean, those Ivy League kids have a 10, 15 year jump. They were reading Greg Tate way before people at HBCUs were reading Greg Tate, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I do understand your question a little better, I, and, and the answer to your question is yes. We need to make sure that we are the custodians of our history, 
our culture, and we need to make sure we somehow take it back to where it needs to go back to. I think that's what you're asking is, do I see a problem? Yes. I think I'm related to music because I'm into music. I've always said this, is that sometimes we don't honor our pioneers in music, and others do. And if you talk to, and I'll use an example, um, if you talk to an artist like Chingy, um, Chingy makes a lot of money overseas. We're talking a lot of money overseas. Ask him how much money he make at home. And to answer your question is, they don't seem to value what I did when I did it, but I can go overseas and make a whole lot of money. So the, to answer your question is, we, we need to do that, because if not, as you said, somebody will rewrite our history for us and be the custodian. Well, um, I will say this, that yes, they are in those institutions, but there's also a machine that lets you know that they are there. There are artists, there are hip-hop artists at HBCUs that are there. There are, like, um, Kevin Powell, who was a hip-hop writer, he's at, Prairie, um, at uh, is it, it's not Prairie View. Is it Prairie View? It's a school called Prairie View. Yeah. No, but I'm trying to remember what school he's in. It's, uh, no, uh, Texas Southern, either way. Um, he, like, there are there, but they don't have the same capacity, the same machine to be able to promote it and present it, and it's not received, it doesn't get the same visibility. So, I mean, yes, that is true, but there are also people who are in the trenches making sure that hip-hop's presence is known in these places, and both are important. I wish that the, the HBCUs and, you know, the lesser-known community, uh, I mean, colleges could be, you know, have the capacity to let everybody know where everyone is and where these adjuncts and where these guest lecturers and things are, but all eyes are on the Ivy League. Well, I would like to thank everybody. That's our podcast. Thank y'all for coming out tonight. Please subscribe to the podcast at Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music. We appreciate you. Adrian, I appreciate you. Actually, Adrian, you're about to go run in the Chicago Marathon this weekend, so we salute you. you. Be well, be safe, be healthy. Thank you. you. All right, next year you're going to do the New York Marathon. I may meet you at home for that. I'm not going to run with you. I'll meet you at the finish line. (laughs) Ms. Kenya Vaughn, once again. Well, yeah, and I just want to say that you putting that uh, great day in St. Louis in color was the St. Louis thing to do, right? Yeah, no, it's like, it's so St. Louis for you. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, audience. Appreciate you.